Hey, if it's Friday, it means the irrepressible Larry Weber is on the line with us this morning. Howdy there, sunshine. Yeah, good morning, good morning, and welcome to awesome August. Uh, August has a tremendous amount of things going on, but one of the most beautiful that I find is what I call the silence, August silence. It is just so quiet. We don't get the bird songs, and so it's just so quiet. We do, however, get some sounds from insects and the frogs that I'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh, Another aspect, which I think is kind of interesting, if you took the days from the summer solstice in June and went all the way to the uh, equinox of September, halfway through is right now, either August 5 or August 6th. So we are right exactly in midsummer. However, August tends to be seen as late summer, and I think I go I'll go along with that. A uh, number of aspects of August include that we do get normally a rain, and yes, we got some beautiful rain yesterday. Forecast was for scattered thunder showers, and yes, they were scattered. At my house, we got a very good rain. We got a rain in the morning and then another one in the afternoon. The total was eight-tenths of an inch. The weather service recorded only about half that. Now, we've got a ways to go to break out of the drought, but according to the forecast, we may be getting some more both tomorrow and Sunday, so we'll see what it has to offer at this point. We are still close to five inches behind where we would normally be for the year. And, of course, along with the drought, and it's not just us, there has been the other aspect, and that is the uh, the haze and the smoke. Yesterday, I felt like we had a pretty good day of no smoke, so we'll see if that continues. Days continue to get shorter. We are now 14 hours and 40 minutes. We are approaching uh, sunrise at 6 a.m., by the time we get to the 10th of August. Also, we will get by the 20th of August, we'll be down to only 14 hours of daylight. Sometime between the 10th and the 20th, usually earlier in those days, somewhere around the 12th or the 13th, is the Perseid meteor shower, which is also a great thing to get out and take a look. And since the full moon this month don't come until the 22nd, we should have a dark enough night to be able to do so. As I said with the world of birds, it is silent right now with bird song. There is sounds of chipping and so forth among the families. Last night while walking at dusk, I heard a barred owl family calling to each other. But once again, it is mostly silent. It is the beginning of migration for a number of birds, and it's hard to believe this. Here we are, August 6th, but as soon as maybe a week from now, Hawk Ridge will be already starting to count the raptors heading to the south. So, yes, the season is moving on. And along with that, let's talk about the frogs. This is interesting. The uh, green frogs, summer frogs, continue to call at the lake. They were calling with the 
mink frogs for a long time, but the the mink frogs have pretty much stopped, but not the green frogs. They're still calling. In addition to that, we have the new crop of little frogs and toads uh, in my garden right now. I don't think I can walk through the garden without scaring up many tiny toads, but equally as tiny are the spring peepers that have moved in to find uh, meals here and the wood frogs. So it's interesting to see those frogs very active. And then there is another frog, the gray tree frog, which goes through a strange late season calling. They will climb up on trees and they will call almost like the springtime call, but it is a not a mating call. It's a territorial call. And essentially what's going on, I think they are telling the young ones, okay, stay away from these places. Well, I've been hearing those every day as well. Uh, the butterflies continue to be active, but not quite the variety that we have this past week. I saw uh, monarchs and fritillaries and sulfurs and uh, uh, whites. I saw all them, but uh, like I said, not the uh, the variety or the abundance of that earlier. Uh, moths have been interesting later, lately. I have a, uh, every July, I have uh, daylilies that grow in the lar- yard and they bloom for one day and they just kind of count off the days of July. Well, Two days ago, we had our last daylily, and they were followed by now a very good growth of flocks, sweet William. Well, flocks tend to bring in crab spiders, and I saw some great pictures this week of people who noticed the crab spiders on the flocks. It also tends to bring in these moths. And there are moths that hover around the flocks, but uh, flocks, flocks, flowers, and for that reason, they're often referred to as hummingbird moths. And I saw a great example of that this week with the clear wing humming, hummingbird moth. I prefer to call them just a clear wing moth. They also, with a little bit of of appearance, look something like that of a bumblebee. So they're sometimes called a mimic moth. So, yeah, the moths are out there. And if you have flocks, you have crab spiders, and you have moths. And it's worth getting out and taking a look at them. In addition to that, we have dragonflies still out active, but it's going to be the big ones, the darners or the little ones, the metal hawks for the most part. Damselflies, grasshoppers and locusts are probably the most abundant insect right now, though I have not been seeing or hearing their cousins, the crickets or katydids, and I'm concerned about that. I might uh, ask if any listeners have been seeing or hearing them. I'd like to know. Wasp Larry, Larry, I I have something really depressing to tell you. Um, This morning when I walked into the radio station, somebody had stepped on a cricket. And Ah. there it was right in front of our door. And we won't share a photograph of it. But uh, apparently there's one cricket, but there was one and it's dead now. So. Yeah, well, it's not unusual that crickets show up and indoors, and a lot of times we may be more familiar with them indoors than we are outdoors, and they'll continue to chirp. They don't last long. They're trying to get a mate, and if they don't get it, they, they will leave. But uh, I'm, I have not hear, heard them myself, and I, I'm getting a little concerned about that. Uh, the wildflowers continue. We have the trio of, uh, of, of the goldenrods, asters, and sunflowers, and so far as of yesterday, I have seen 10 kinds of goldenrods, 
seven kinds of asters, seven kinds of sunflowers. But there are several other wildflowers of note. Uh, bergamot are blooming very well. Joe pieweed is doing very well. Bone set. Arrowhead is growing in the wet areas. And there's been a change with the fireweed. You know, back in July, I mentioned there are three flowers that really dominate the growing of the roadside of July. They are the Canada thistle, the fireweed, and the milkweed. Well, Canada thistle came in bloom and then very quickly went into seed. And this is what we might uh, see with goldfinches using the seed for, uh, for their nest and food. Uh, then came the fireweed. The fireweed came in bloom, and just this past week, I saw that it also went into seed with a bunch of fluffy seeds that will blow around. Milkweed is much slower. They won't come out with their seeds being ripe for oh, almost the 1st of October. They do, however, start to produce their pods, and I saw that this week. So the season is moving along with these wildflowers. Also of note, yes, we are getting some leaf color. I saw leaf color this week in both dogwoods and in pin cherries. And then, of course, there is the spider webs. Yes, when we get into August, we get a spider webs, and we get dew and fog that settles on the webs, and they are just a terrific thing to see. During my walk this morning, I didn't see as many as I thought I would see, but I did see some. If they're not along the roadside in the swamps or in the fields, then they're in the woods or they're around buildings. But there are the spider webs out there, and if there's insects, there's going to be spiders that are going to go after the insects. Uh, still been doing berry picking. The raspberries have pretty well given way to blackberries, and I found a great growth this week of domestic blueberries to feed, uh, to, to pick. So there's that going on. And then, of course, the other thing that makes August so awesome is mushrooms. Thanks to the recent rains, we're getting a pretty good growth of mushrooms in the woods. I saw some this morning on my walk. But one of the ones I want to talk about is it's really a cool mushroom. I used to show it off to my students. Uh, most mushrooms, if you lift them up and look under the cap, you will see a series of lines that are referred to as gills. And this is a, a re- part of the reproductive that it's in between the gills. They hold their spores. Notice I said most. They are not all that way. There's a whole group that if you looked under the cap, you wouldn't see gills. You would see a bunch of tiny little openings called pores. These porous mushrooms are known as boletes, and there's a pretty good amount of those in the woods right now. Well, there's a special bolete that I like to find every year. I refer to as blue stain bolete. This is a remarkable mushroom. It looks like just an ordinary mushroom, but if you break off a piece of the cap and expose the white flesh underneath within seconds, that white flesh will turn blue. And it's a fascinating thing to see. And I found some great examples of that this week. So, yeah, it's worth getting out to take a look and finding various things out in the woods. There's much going on. This is awesome, August, and uh, enjoy. Larry, I got to tell you, I got to tell you what I did last week because it was really pretty super cool fun. I went to the Vinschuti Wildlife Sanctuary, and yes, the, the story behind it is almost as great as actually going there. Um, Vince, uh, apparently, Vinschuti was a, a logger, and apparently he made sourdough pancakes that were to die for mm-hmm. and attracted bears. 
And they came, broke into his cabin looking for pancakes, and he would shoot them. And the bears came, and he would shoot them, and this went on for a while. And he realized, this is futile. Uh, There's got to be a better way. And so he started feeding the bears and developed a way of living with them peaceably. The bears did their thing. He did his thing. The bears got something to eat. They weren't aggressive. They just wanted something to eat. I mean, if somebody's making pancakes, I could get aggressive myself. So you go up to, you go up there. It is a, if you leave Duluth in order to get there on time, Larry, Mm -hmm. you have to leave at 4.15. And there were a couple of groups that had come up from the cities. And I don't want to think about what time they had to leave, you know, or get a hotel room and then just drive over. And Mm -hmm. the gate opens for 15 minutes. You have to be there at 6.45. The gate's open for 15 minutes. After that, they close the gate and you drive And then you jump on a shuttle, and you drive some more, and then you get out of the bus, you go right up onto uh, a lofted platform, Uh and there are the bears. Uh And they're getting a mix of sweet feed, some kind of a sweet feed, and they can just eat. And this is hypophagia time, where they're stuffing on the pounds, And I'm like, okay, now I know what to call it when people say, well, you seem to have gained a little weight. I'll say, yes, it's I have hypophagia is what I'll say. But there were some cubs. There were bears wrestling. There was a chance to get a really close up look at them. Watch this huge group of bears. I tried to count them. Larry, I gave up. I took a few photographs. I said, maybe I'll try to count them from the photographs. But Uh it was the coolest experience ever. A few of the cubs climbed up into the trees. They go so fast. Uh And they were, you could have touched them. Nobody tried to touch them. Everyone was really respectful and kept a distance. The folks that were working stay 10 feet away from the bears or more at all times. The idea is not to acclimate them necessarily mm-hmm. to, to humans or to pet them or to try to, you know, they're, they're not big fluffy dogs or cats. Time, is, is this time to, to view them? Is it in the evening? It's in the morning, actually. They are oh, open okay. in the evening, but this particular instance was called Breakfast with the Bears. Mm-hmm. And you make a reservation. You go online and you can make a reservation. And I just, getting up early is not a big chore for me, so I couldn't resist. And it was amazing okay i am one of those people i guess who when i have the opportunity to have an in-person encounter with a wild animal even if it is something like this or in a zoo i become really invested in Mm -hmm. the welfare of that animal and and i feel like there's a connection that's made in my brain and i think what oh it was wonderful everything you've been saying that deserves a interview and a program of its own i think you're probably right i think i'll have to work on that i gotta tell you though the phone service up there pretty sketchy and the folks that work there uh students in many instances they said okay here's where we live they pointed it out on on the bus here's where we live there's no running water (laughs) there's no electricity so it also closes on labor day it does. And it's a it's a short window comparatively that it's open. Uh, I just found out about it. I don't even realize. Oh, I think it was some other photographers had been. And then I mm-hmm. looked into it and got all excited about it. But if you want to show 
if you have company and they're morning people, because otherwise mm-hmm. you're going to have a problem. Um, but you but have to have you have to have reservations. You, you do need to make a reservation. Yes, yeah. you can't just because they're limited to how many people they want to have here. They mm-hmm. want to have good control over all aspects of it. But if you want to show company or if you're interested in this kind of thing and you've never mm-hmm. done it, it's absolutely worth it. And get yourself on a list, put something in your calendar to check it out at the beginning of the season next year. I would absolutely go again in a heartbeat. Well, very good. Like I said, I think we see an interview and uh, a longer program coming up. Oh, I so. think it'd be marvelous. Larry, and thank yep. you so Take much, care. of course, for joining us. We'll talk next week. Mm-hmm. Larry Weber this morning, our host for Backyard Almanac, a regular feature of Fridays right here on KUMD.